Hey, welcome back to Pigeonal Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So to start off today's podcast, uh, Steve and I wanted to welcome back our special guest, assistant coach of the Carlton Place Canadians of the EOJHL, Sebastian LaMarche. Welcome back, Sebastian. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me again. Uh, looking forward to this one. Yeah, we were all talking uh, on the World Juniors most recently. We, we decided why not just keep rolling with this uh, World Junior talk and be able to wrap up the game. Uh, you two were describing to me, who wasn't watching it, <laughs> and, uh, of uh, Russia-Sweden. So let's see. Uh, who wants to discuss how that panned out? That was probably the most entertaining game, in the, uh, in my opinion, in the whole tournament so far. That was a tight-checking game on both sides. And I think, in my opinion, we had a little bit of an overconfident Sweden coming up against the Russians who were out there ready to go. So uh, um, the last five minutes of this game were, I, th- I think, so entertaining. Uh, what did you think uh, about this game there, uh, Sebastian? Yeah, just like you said, um, it was down to the wire. I mean, even that that what there was last minute goal there to send it to overtime. It was just kind of one of those games where you just sit on your edge and sit on your, the edge of your seat, and no matter who you're cheering for, it's a it's a good hockey game. Yeah, yeah, just just back just back and forth, and uh, you know it was it, the Russians were really smothering them and hitting them, but. Uh, the Swedes had some counter punch, you know, back to that too. It was a really speedy game, you know, up and down. Uh, solid goaltending. I really can't say there was any, you know, any really weak goals. Um, you know, just again, in my opinion, a really good hockey game. Do you think uh, the Russians going after the goalie early on had any effect on this game? Yeah, I don't know. To me, I think it kind of lit a fire under uh, under the Swedes, and I think you said I think they came out and they just thought they were gonna have a have an easy go it just kind of right off the first few seconds there when they scored that this allowed goal kind of looked like russia was all over them but once that happened they just kind of put the game at even keel and it was just a battle yeah yeah exactly yeah it's, uh too bad um chris you didn't see this one um yeah i got to says- see the highlights of it and it looked like just a looked like the last real good game of the tournament uh, yeah of the tournament so far yeah yeah, that like again, in my opinion, that was probably the most entertaining game up until this point. Um, Russia's power play is something to worry about, though. Um, <laughs> they're clicking on it a bit now, and that's uh, I think one of the bigger weaknesses of some of the other teams. You know, if your PP is not kicked into gear, you're going to run into some trouble in the uh, the later rounds. Um, so there's I, really there's not much more to say about the other games. You know, um, they were all like. Honestly, Czech Austria seven nothing shutout. Canada Finland four one, and U.S. shutting out Sweden four nothing. I can say watching, uh, I saw the highlights of Czech Austria and Canada Finland. I watched U.S. Sweden, and I, if if honestly, if the other two games were like U.S. Sweden, I lost interest. <laughs> you know, because uh, U.S. just kind of dominated Sweden for the most part. Even though well, the goals wouldn't say so, it, it just felt like U.S. was all over Sweden. And uh, you, I think you, as we were talking earlier, you guys said the same thing about Canada and Finland. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of just did. seemed like they controlled the whole game, and it was just other than the, like we said that that power play, there wasn't much to Finland's game. Yeah, so but Sweden, no, you know, the only defense I could give Sweden was a very <clears throat> a very tough game up against Russia the game before, and then facing a fast U.S. team. You know, they had their Sweden had their tough two toughest games of the tournament right at the very end, right? Yeah. Um, so. Um, I, it didn't shock me that the U.S. dominated the way they dominated them the way they did, you know. And that's not taking anything away from the U.S. players because <clears throat> really in the first game, right, it was goaltending didn't give them the confidence going forward, and after that, they haven't run into any problems. So, um, well, I think Canada, Spencer Knight found his confidence again. So, well, that's and, it. Yeah, and it's good for him because if you you get shaken up like that early on, you never really find it back again, and there's going to be some major trouble for your team right down for the rest of the tournament. Um, Canada's game, uh, really just a dominant performance. They just smothered the Finnish team. They just smothered them. So there's not much to say about that. Um, you know, but the, this tournament's crazy, though. You know, we've watched team, we've watched this happen before, where a team like, say, like Finland looks like they got, uh, you know, dominating the game, going into quarters, they could all of a sudden find confidence against Sweden and come back and, you know, battle back and shock people. It's, this is what I love about this tournament. Um, next matchups, though, Russia, Germany. How how much of a challenge do you think Germans are going to throw at the Russians? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's the the Russians, to me, like I said, they haven't, like I've said a few times now, they just don't look like Russia to me until they get on that power play, then it's dangerous. Um, if Germany wants to stand a chance in this game, I think they got to stay out of the box. And uh, they got to capitalize on uh, the chances they get. Um, to me, like I think Russia is going to win this game, but to me, I think this is the, the one game for me at least where I think a potential upset could happen. Yeah. Okay. Your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm kind of with them on this. I mean, Germany kind of because of the diminished roster in the beginning really kind of got its. It was. I don't think it was ever going to beat Canada out the gate anyway. Very minimalized German roster, and I think as they've gone through the tournament, they've found their game. They've gotten players back, and you can't you can't count out the German team. Uh, I think Owen against Russia. I'm still gonna, in this case, call the game for Russia. I think you know I have more confidence right now in in the Russian goaltending, and I just think Russia is not going to underestimate Germany, and Germany is going to come out fighting. But I think Russia's going to take it. Yeah, I think Russia's just got a too solid of a team overall for the Germans to do much this year. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that completely. Uh, the one I'm looking forward to the most is Finland versus Sweden because of that rivalry. Um, <laughs> Sweden's Scandinavian now- showdown? <laughs> exactly. So you've got... You know, you've got a Finnish team who, you know, was doing pretty solid, you know, throughout the tournament until they ran into Canada there. So they're going to have a chip on their shoulder about that. And now you're going to have the Swedes with a major chip on their shoulder after dropping two consecutive games. So you, did you know Sweden had something? They had not lost a round-robin game. And I forget what the crazy record was. 50-something. I think it was 50-something. It was, it was a high number. Yeah. And then two in a row. So... Either that's going to really spark them to go, you know, to really push hard and move forward, or they're going to collapse here against Finland. How do you guys see this going? Yeah, I know this this game. Um, like I said, I think this is the the most interesting one. Um, yeah. 
Finland to me is kind of they've been kind of up and down. I just I don't know about their offense, but Sweden also I think may have lost uh, Broberg there, which I think has been their hands down their best defenseman. Uh, got nailed by Clevin there in the U.S. last game, and you can tell he just wasn't himself. But to me, I think Sweden comes out and wins this one. But I think it, this one's a battle. Yeah, um, Czechs versus Canada. Um, what do you think the Czechs' chances are against Team Canada in this one? Man, you just left over me with the Finland Sweden man. <laughs> What's that? Did I? Just, yeah, <laughs> I was like, damn, we just moved on to Canada. Apparently, I didn't. oh yeah, well, the was well, yeah, well, sorry about that, Chris. Sorry, yeah, I dropped so my you... headset there because I was putting on my winning team jersey. But I, uh, this, I'm sir, picking... sir, he's he's belly aching. He wasn't even part of the conversation. So I don't know what you guys said, but America. America. Uh, but no, I think with Finland Sweden, I think I think he said it right. Bastian saying, you know, it would be this is going to be a. But this is going to be a tight contest. I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking Finland in this one. I think Finland's just. I think it's just going to find a way to beat Sweden. Uh, I know Sweden's probably you know got a, got lit up. Um, not lit up in terms of like uh, high scoring games, but I think um, they've ta- they've taken a blow now, losing two in a row, and with having that long streak crushed, and then back to back losses. I still just. Watching Finland and Sweden play, I think Finland is going to just find a way to beat Sweden this time. Okay. Fair enough, my friend. So, now that you got your winning jersey on, we'll skip all the way down to your game. Um, United States versus Slovakia. How do you see this one going? Uh, I don't underestimate Slovakia, let me tell you that much. They've proven this tournament that they're going to be a sleeper moving forward, not only in this tournament, but in other tournaments that you can't, you can't discount this team. I think the USA also is not overlooking Slovakia. I don't think the USA is looking at this game thinking, oh, we get to play Slovakia. I think they're like, okay, they've, uh, they almost took out Canada. And, you know, Canada let out that sigh of relief when that puck skipped over a stick. And, okay, whew, we're escaping this game. We were, you know, because like you said in the earlier podcast, you felt the goal coming. And I think the U.S. watched that game too and went, okay, noted. Uh, you can't discredit the Slovakians, but I think the USA will win this game. Yeah, I think after the U.S.'s performance has gotten more solid, you know, as the tournament's gone on. So I think the U.S. comes out ahead on this game. I think they are going to be a little taken aback by how the Slovaks are going to try to shut them down. Yep. So the biggest obstacle for them is going to be to overcome the early frustration unless the U.S. can capitalize on the goal pretty quick. But I think the Slovaks are going to try to slow this game down, you know, and minimize the U.S.'s chances. What's what's your take, uh, Sebastian? Yeah, I think you nailed. I think you nailed it right on the head. I think uh, the Slovaks are going to basically want to make that ice mud and slow everything right down. Um, that's they're they're pretty good at it. They love to frustrate teams, and uh, I think if the U.S. can kind of hang on, or you like said pop a pop a one or two early, um, I think they can shake off that frustration. I think the U.S. has just been. Coming together, and Spencer Knight's been you know, like we said, he's found his confidence. So I think uh, I think the U.S. takes this one. Yeah. So uh, whose jersey do you have on right now, Chris? Oh, okay. Well, so I got to choose out of one of my four USA jerseys. Um, just putting that out there. And uh, I do have Canada jerseys, by the way. I did marry a Canadian. I chose to put on my Nicole Hensley Team USA jersey. All right. But I could have chosen from Ryan Miller. Um, Esh and who's my other one? Uh, Richter. So, Richter, but I put Richter up on the wall. So the Richter scale. <laughs> the Richter scale. <laughs> but uh, no, I ch- I chose Nicole Hensley. I love this jersey. So. All right, cool. So uh, 
Sebastian, Czechs, Canada. What are your thoughts on this? To me, I think Canada's finally found their game. Uh, I think early on they were just, to me, I don't know, it could be wrong, but to me it looked like they they all knew their first-round draft picks and it's kind of they were waiting for things to happen for them. But I think now they're making things happen. Uh, they're playing very well. Um, I think the Czechs, defensively, they commit hard into their zone. I think, same thing as we talked about the U.S. game, I think Canada just needs to either pop a couple in early or just get through the frustration. They're going to play them tight in defensive zone, but I think at the end of the day, I think Canada's talent's just too much, and I think they're going to take this one. Yeah, they if they if they keep playing, you know the especially like you've watched their last two games again, you know more dominant performances, right? Um, Finland, who is a good team, Canada just you know, and they've got speedy players. Canada just neutralized that. They just constantly had possession of the puck, so you can see that frustration on the Finnish side when you can't touch the puck. So I just think. If they play exactly that way again, they're good. And what I what I do like is not a lot of overpassing. Like they're going after ugly goals, right? They're putting the puck at the net and seeing what's going to happen, right? Playing for those rebounds. Or in years past, what you would worry about is a bunch of first rounders is overpassing, right? Trying to set up that really pretty looking goal. So um, yeah, I don't see much coming out of the you know adversity coming out of the quarters here. Um, so I think if Canada wins, they're top seed going into the semis. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So no, the no play yeah, because they're the only team that hasn't lost. Yeah. So I think the way that matchup goes, I think don't they? So if it's wouldn't it be potentially Canada Russia, um, and then U.S. Finland or Sweden? Is that the way this one would go? Because who finished above? Yeah, so well, well, let's see. Like, like for me, I'm I'm also saying because I never got my input on Canada. There, I will choose Canada over the Czech Republic. Oh. Again, I don't think Canada can. You keep just missing me, man. Um, I don't think. So I, again, I don't think Canada's overlooking the Czech you. Republic. What's that? So ever since you put your jersey, and I'm just ignoring you now. I can tell. I can tell. I can feel the Canadian hatred coming through the coming through the the speakers here. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, I think that, again, the Canadians aren't going to overlook the Czech Republic. Um, and uh, But, again, I, I, I give this one right now to Canada. But here's the thing about all four of these games. I will say I do pick Russia, Finland, Canada, and the United States. But I wouldn't be stunned by Germany, Sweden, the Czech Republic, or Slovakia taking a game. I just wouldn't be shocked. These teams aren't – I don't think any one of these are dead giveaway games this year. I don't think so. Uh, well, do you disagree with me? I think your stunned silence thinks that you know you, there's guaranteed games in here. I think Russia, that you know, I don't see Germany. Um, I, I don't see. Fun. I don't see Germany or the Czechs. You know, like, you, you know, if Germany takes Russia, yeah, I'm shocked. You know, because I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm not expecting the Czechs or the Slovaks to win either. Now, they're not not rooting them completely out because again, it's. The Czechs have shown solid goaltending. If you have a goalie on fire, they can shut it down and not allow Canada to get goals. It's just, again, that's how you win hockey games, right? So if they're able to do that to Canada, um, the Slovaks that were doing a good job of it, then they've got a shot, right? But when you've yeah. watched the other games afterwards, right? Here that, like I said, the only one that I think is going to go toe to toe is. And really, really be chippy and close is going to be Finland, Sweden. Other than that, I yeah. think. Think that's going to be the best game, I think, of the quarterfinals, for sure. That's going to be a tight game. Yeah. 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 
and I'll be watching all of this uh, <laughs> on the second. Every single one of these games will yep. be on. Wife yeah. is yet. Wife is yelling at me to stop watching TV. I'm only one period into the Russia game. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we'll see on this one, guys. Like, it's the World Juniors. Anything can happen in this tournament, right? So, um, so yeah. Um, uh, now back over this with Chris was after our episode of us speaking about our rankings of hockey, uh, the each, the new divisions, um, Marshad may be ready for the opening night. And you read that Pasternak may be available after the first month, Chris. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, this could happen. And so I couldn't help, but after hearing that news, um, going back and redoing my rankings again. So, <laughs> you know. and again, I had to make some other, I made some other changes to other teams based off what, like uh, they did announce that Steven Johns won't be playing this year for Dallas because of his concussion issues. Uh, he's going to sit this year out. That's probably a really, really smart call. Cause it's probably going to be a really, really chippy season. And, you know, you also had like Pierre-Luc Dubois signing his big contract. You had, um, and I just love the speculation for a whole, three hours i was watching the i was watching all the clickbait sites you know posting on social media oh pierre Luc dubois to be traded i'm like oh shut up and then when actual people jump on in well it's a possibility but i highly doubt it right because he's a hell of a player you'd be selling the fire i can't see columbus letting him go unless yeah he was just demanding to leave yeah exactly it so um when he was signed like two hours later i laughed and said yeah seems like a fair deal right yeah. Not not totally burdened the cap, and he's he's good enough to have gotten you know a bigger buck to pay him like a lot of other guys chasing contracts in this league, right? So, um, and then the uh, <laughs> the Chara, so yep. Chara with the caps, and you're breaking down, um, you know his, his his money. So talk about that. Yeah. So with his money, so. He stands so if if you look at why he decided not to resign with Boston, he was going to be Boston wanted him to resign, but Boston also said he was going to be the seventh defenseman. He wouldn't play every game, and that's not where how I think Zdeno Chara wants to finish his career clearly because otherwise he would have signed with the team he's been with for like what 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. So Washington must have guaranteed him that and then you talk about his bonus structure so basically if he plays and i have to go back to my notes here but if he plays 10 games he gets another two hundred thirty thousand dollar bonus if they make the playoffs he gets another quarter million and if they win the stanley cup he gets another quarter million so if the if the washington capitals win the stanley cup he stands to make 1.5 million instead of less than eight hundred thousand. so you know, that bonus structure, uh, on top of the fact that he's, I think, guaranteed, and as obviously he would not have gone to Washington, I don't think, unless they made him that guarantee that he would be in the roster. And I think I think he'll be paired up. Again, I have to look at who I think he'd be paired up with. Uh, but I think he'll be second-lining it with the way Washington is structured right now. Yeah. Well, that's um, – again, I don't blame Chara, right? Um, no, I don't blame him at all. I mean, this is the last probably good year. I think, it, I, again, I think he'll be placed on the line with Schultz. That's what I think. Yeah. And then I just think, you know, for this, he wanted one. 
he wanted one last crack at it, you know, and I think I thought it more had to do with, you know, something with Marshawn or Pasternak, right? And then looking at his odds of winning, but yeah, he just wanted more, you know, a bigger commitment to playing time, right? So, so, and you could see with Boston, right? You know, five years ago, Char was on the first power play, right? You know, and everybody was constantly looking for that shot threat. You don't see him out there on that. So, um, you, you saw his role already diminishing with them. So like, I'm not shocked by this. Again, you know, when he, he signed with the Caps, I just went, well, well, that's interesting, right? And I just thought yeah. him being that big presence on the blue line and on their, on their penalty kill was going to really give them a huge boost. It's just interesting hearing the details behind it now. So, um, Yeah, and it's so uh, you knew something had to come out about it. For him not to be re-signed and retired with Boston, I mean, he's his name's gonna, he's going to be retired. I, th- I think that's a given with, with the Boston Bruins. But for him not to play his final games with Boston, it's going to be I I think yeah. it's going to be one of those situations, too, where when he goes to retire, he signs that one-day contract, you know, and then retires as a Bruin, you know. But, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird, but isn't it going to be even weirder for the uh, Boston Bruins playing a very physical Chara? <laughs> yep, all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's not even it's not even like there's going to be, uh, you, you know, it, it's not like they only face him twice this season or maybe four times, right? It's going to be <laughs> multiple instances of Chara beating the crap out of his old teammates they used to, you know, protect. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. It's, you know, like we were talking about, it's kind of like, you know, when the, for example, like I watch the Jays every year and they always start against um, the Yankees or the Orioles or whatever and say it's a four-game series. Well, you go down four games get swept it's it's not you you know you've lost four games is you're now four games behind someone in your division so it's, it's just that much harder to come back and it's gonna be like that all year where it's it's if you lose a game you're not just losing a game and you're hoping that you know someone else in your division also lost that night is you're you're now behind that game to someone in your division so it just makes it that much harder yeah the, the sweeping stuff is going to be in the major effects what i'm really looking forward to is the you know the last 10 or 12 games you know when it, it, it wasn't your ordinary, you know, you're hoping that one of your rivals is losing to another team. Yeah. When you're literally playing them, it's going to get nasty. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I think it's just going to be such an interesting year, you know, and hopefully this is the only season we ever have to do this ever again. But it's going to make it a super interesting year, and it's 100% going to determine who wins the cup this year because you can't, you can't count out any team this year you just can't do it i mean i could definitely say there's teams i think will not make it dude i could be totally changing my mind by mid-march and being like well who would have thought suban would have caught his game and chicago would be number one yeah you don't know (laughs) right uh, well that that one i'm still pretty confident on i I don't think i'm gonna hear the words echoing and up for the vesna is malcolm suban no that's not happening (laughs) <laughs> unless, unless, unless there is truth about superpowers coming from the <laughs> coming from the coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> well, you never know. That's all I'm going to say. Who would have thought yeah. about Who would have thought about Bennington coming out of nowhere and running the Blues all the way to the cup? Yeah, so, but, well, I think, but in, equally in comparison, I'm sorry, I'm getting a laugh with that one. Is uh, is uh, Bennington was an unknown, right? So he's coming to league. Guys had no idea you know, who he was, how to shoot and score on him, right? 
right. and that's one of the bigger factors in the team when that happened right they had to, that team had a huge gut check and had to come out and respond and they played up to their abilities right finally Chicago's got a depleted team right they're they're pretty you know without Taves and Doc um they got rid of Crawford you know I just can't see anything positive happening for the Blackhawks this year and everybody's seen Malcolm Subban right there's a reason why he wasn't a starter in the league right so I think this is Chicago's version of this is who we have for this year while we rebuild and we're going to try to they're going to be aggressively going after goaltenders next season, I think, you know, so this year is sort of like that year for the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, it's, they're going to be anxious to get this season over and done with, in my opinion, and look at the, look at the, the year after, right. And hopefully Dave's is, you know, feeling great. And, you know, it's the thing is, you know, I got sick of the, hearing the Blackhawks going to winter classics constantly. Um, but they had a hell of a team that was together for a long time, and it made it, it made some of these rivalries really interesting, right? So I don't, I'd rather see them go out with, you know, one more roar as opposed to a whimper, but it's not looking, not looking spectacular at this point. Yeah, I think, well, again, but that's going to be the beauty of this weird, weird COVID season. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, just, just the, the only thing that uh, Chicago's going to be missing out is I would bet you they wish they were playing uh mike smith a ton of times <laughs> put smitty back in for me after that playoff so well uh, i want to thank all of our listeners again for listening to pigeonhole hockey and our again uh sebastian our special guest thank you for jumping on hey thank you guys for having me again no not a problem we love having you on here we love the extra input here and it was also awesome having uh another canadian to make fun of an american during the world junior so i appreciate it <sighs> <laughs> all right, my american listeners jump on us final but uh yeah thank you all uh, again sebastian for jumping on and for all of our listeners for uh tuning in yet again this is chris steve and sebastian on pigeonhole hockey and we'll catch you next time have a great one hockey fans